What's up, you dirty, dirty, dirties? Welcome to the SBP. This episode of the Sean Boyles Podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Surprise, surprise. Anchor.fm is where you're going to want to go if you want to do a podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. If you want to do a podcast, go to Anchor.fm. Download it to your phone. Download it to your computer. Download it to your tablet. Download it onto your PC. Whatever you got. It is very easy. So simple. They're super easy creation tools. Make it so that it's just the easiest thing to do. Throwing together a podcast. Easy edits. Easy ways to manipulate the sound. You can put music in the background. You can put music from Spotify in there. It's all kinds of fancy little tricks and things and trinkets and little bells and whistles and, and little sound effects and funness. Or you can do it like I do it and do it like a live broadcast with sounds happening simultaneously as you speak. You know, however you want to do it. But Anchor provides the way. And it's a free service. They upload it to all the podcast platforms. Google and Apple and um, Spotify even. How about that? And if you do it right too, you can make money from your podcast with a zero audience membership. Uh, Audience size does not matter. You don't need a... It's a zero audience listenership, not membership. Um, You don't need a large audience or even a huge or any audience at all. You just need a kind audience, an audience that is willing to donate to your podcast. And they can do that through the Anchor app. Get started, started, you gays. Get started today. Go to anchor.fm. I got dates, but not very many. Not, uh, I got no more shows for the rest of the year. Sort of, uh, just don't have anything booked for the rest of the year, which is fine. Let's take it easy through the holidays. But in the new year, the Boyles Bistro Blowout, January 5th, first Thursday of the month, first Thursday of the year. January 5th at the Bistro, downtown Hayward, Miles Weber will be headlining. January 7th. I got, um, what do we got? Oh, we got Hazards. Hazards playing the Parkside. January 7th, uh, the Parkside in San Francisco. We got uh, comedy being done out there in Santa Rosa in the North Bay. I will be at Three Disciples on January 27th. Uh, the uh, the February Boyles Bistro Blowout headlining is Sydney Striggerts. And that is on February 2nd. And then Hazard's playing the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz on February 18th. That's all I got for dates as of now to announce. There's something in March and there's something in June. Jesus Christ, we got something booked in June. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, And as always, music heard here on the Sean Boyles Podcast. Not owned, copywritten, or uh, owned, copywritten, licensed, uh, licensed, uh, trademarked, any of that shit. I don't have any of the rights to any of the music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast. Oh my god. Except for this shit that plays at the beginning of the thing. Anyway. Don't try to come at me with your foolishness and try to sue me because it's not going to happen. 
Because I ain't got no money anyway. Let's do a thing! It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, burrito. Welcome. Welcome to the Sean Boyles Podcast. Hi, hello. Episode 169, you dirty dirties. How goes it? How are you? I did a, uh, I tried to record and um, I coughed so much. I said, fuck it, I'm going to redo it. I didn't need to tell you that. You wouldn't have known. But in an effort to be honest and open and, and, and transparent on what I got going on, I'm telling you what happened. Uh, yeah, I got uh, I got through the intro and started talking and just started coughing like a crazy person. And I was like, ah, that ain't going to work. So um, I'm going to recap uh, the quite a few shows I had this week. Uh, there will no, there will be no reaction of the week, be it that the pop charts are full of Christmas songs. There is a newer song in the top um, ten, and uh, and then Mariah fi- Mariah finally knocked Tay Tay out of the top spot. <coughs> but we're not gonna <coughs> not gonna pay that any mind. Um. Man, I already stopped once. I don't want to stop again. Uh, this cough is still um it's lingering. It, it 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 comes and goes. Like before I started the podcast, I'd had no coughing at all. I was sitting there for about an hour and a half, just chilling, relaxing from after work, kind of nodding in and out of sleep, as I do after work sometimes. And not a cough to be had. <clears throat> I walk out here to start doing this and I start uh Start hacking and hewing, although I wasn't talking in there. And now I'm talking, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that's, but see, it wasn't so, it wasn't a scientific, uh, uh, so the scientific method is right, is uh, only one variable is changed in order to come to a conclusion on what can cause something to do something, right? I had multiple variables change. I was laying down. I was indoors. I wasn't talking. Now I'm sitting upright. I walked to another place, and now I'm talking. So I can't determine which one of those factors is de- indeed the fact, the factor into which I am. Uh, uh, why I'm coughing? Um, I've mentioned many times I'm stupid, right? I'm stupid. So I don't even know if that's correct as far as the scientific method is concerned. Um, I very, very well might be talking out of the side of my neck right there. Talking out out the neck, maybe even talking out the arse a little bit. Um, haven't been paying attention to anything that's going on in the, uh, in the world. As far as world events are concerned, I don't know. I don't know much. I don't pay attention some, you know, I hear people talk about stuff, but I don't know anything about it usually. And I just kind of, oh, okay, well, that's what's going on. Uh, the Brittany Griner thing. Um, you know, I 
I don't know much about it. I know, you know, basketball star, female, black, lesbian, arrested in Russia for holding a, having some sort of residue in a, of a cartridge of a vape pen. And, uh, and they did a big thing, a big pris- a prisoner swap. We, we, we got a female basketball star. They got a arms dealer. Um, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know any, it, it, it seems like it's a, um, Yeah, dude, I think that's it's it's super goofy to me. I don't under I don't know if that it's not a fair it doesn't seem like a fair trade to I mean, I again, I don't know enough about it. I shouldn't even talk about it. But the way I see it and actually I haven't heard anybody really talk about this. In rankings of what a country deems important, it was more important to us to get a basketball player home, and it was more important to them to have an arms dealer come back to their country. A a. I'm sure Brittany Griner is a is a fine athlete, but definitely not a top athlete. I mean, does she have records of you know of, of feats of rebounds and in 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 all time steals and all time re- rebounds and 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 and, and shots and three pointers or whatever the fuck? But yet. We, so we get a basketball star and they get somebody that can buy them weapons. Somebody that can potentially hurt other people in the world. Some, like They deemed that guy important that they wanted him back. We'll give you your basketball star back, but you got to give us. And we said yes. It just seems silly to me. It seems super silly. Seems like, you know, it seems some sort of, there's like a, like a pandering, like some sort of pandering. It was it bullshit that she got locked up for such a little thing. Absolutely. Especially if she was going to do like fucking six years or some shit like that for something so petty. Um, but the guy that we had that we were holding on to actually did some gnarly shit. He's an arms dealer. I don't know. It seems goofy. And again, I'm not smart enough to be talking about it. So I'm not going to talk about it. But I'm talking about it anyway. This seems... Um, doesn't seem like the priorities are the same. What we deem important versus what they're deeming important is obviously way the fuck different. 
We're more worried about some sort of social uh, morality than we are potential um i don't know but, uh, 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 the, the, uh, another country's potential for causing harm onto themselves or others either their own countrymen or the people that uh, they want to use those arms on i don't know it seems it seems goofy uh, like I said, I haven't really paid attention to much of it, but that on the surface, that's what I'm seeing. And uh, but be it that I haven't looked too much into it, maybe I haven't heard. Maybe somebody has that same sort of look at it, you know. <clears throat> then I hear about some some uh, soldier, uh, an, uh, an ex marine that is uh, that is over there in Russia that they're hanging on to uh, that got pinched for uh, uh, espionage. And uh, a lot of people will go, well, why would you get a basketball guy instead of getting this guy that's kind of, you know, there working for our country? Um, And then I heard something about, like, that guy's a fucking piece of shit, too. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, something like the guy's got a bunch of domestic dispute um violation something like that i don't know again i don't know much about it it sounds like i know a bunch about it but i don't i really don't uh anyway let's recap uh let's get into some better shit let's recap uh the week so i i had mentioned last week that going into the week i had no shows at all i didn't was gonna have any shows for the rest of the year and i just made a post on facebook saying hey you know it'd be nice to get booked on some shows and then bang, 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 I got hit up and asked to do a bunch of shows. And then, in fact, um, I got asked to do, when I finished the podcast last week, I got asked for one more show. Um, and that's what starts off the week of shows uh, on um, on Thursday night. Uh, so I'd already been booked at this uh, dispensary in San Francisco, Barbary Coast, by... Uh, uh, by Big T, Terrell Butler. Uh, but then I got hit up after I got done with the podcast. I got hit up. Hey, can you do uh, a spot uh, at this place, Copper Spoon in Oakland on Thursday? And I hit dude up. I was like, hey, I don't think I can do it because I'm booked at, at in San Francisco. And he's all, well, Copper Spoon starts early. You know, we start at six. <clears throat> I'll put you up first and you can probably make it. So that's what we did. Uh, my man, JD, Arandia. Hit me up um, about Copper Spoon, but I thought he was hosting and he wasn't there to host. It was uh, Tito Gonzalez, anyway. But this is uh, uh, Bryant Hicks is um, at Copper Spoon. Uh, he pretty much does the thing there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Copper Spoon's a little bar sort of uh, spot in. Uh, they got wine and shit in uh, in Oakland on. Um, uh, what is it on Telegraph? And uh, no, it's not on Telegraph. It's on Broadway, uh, way upper Broadway, uh, right before um, sort of the right before that split where it splits uh, college, and then Broadway goes up towards Broadway to- Terrace. 
Um, cool little spot. But they've been doing comedy shows there for a while now. And like, like I think they do multiple shows throughout the week. And then their weekends are like, you know, Friday, Saturday, you know, two shows a night or some shit like that. So like this is a like a comedy spot. They're regularly having the comedy shows there and uh, people are paying to see these shows. And this was the first time I got booked on one. So that was cool. I went up first. I ripped through my set. I did very well. And then um, I hurried up, jumped in the van and shot out to um, San Francisco for uh, this show at this dispensary. Um, now, I've done a few shows at dispensaries or shows that were, you know, thought to be 420 shows, um, shows where cannabis is prominent and uh, flowing. And you would think instinctually, if if you know anything about how the cannabis works, how weed heads are. Doing a comedy show makes all kinds of sense because they're going to be easy to laugh. They're high and they're going to be laughing at everything. The absolute direct opposite is true. Every weed show I've ever done, these motherfuckers are so goddamn blitzed and barbecued out of their skulls. They ain't laughing at shit because they're not understanding the jokes even. They're comatose. They're zombies. They're sitting there and you're running your jokes and they're just staring at you. It's really, really, really strange. Um, you, like I said, I, I would think that it would just be a fucking home run show. And, you know, I'm loud and, 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 and sort of I talk a little fast maybe and I'm animated and... Uh, the opposite of usual stoner um, behavior. And I walked up and the first thing I said, and I got actually a good laugh out of this line. I said, uh, I'm the only one that actually looks like I'm supposed to be here. You know, dreadlocks grown down to my, down to my backside. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I call them new age stoners. These, uh, I don't know, tech guys. I don't know what they are. There's a lot of nor just normal looking people. And it's weird. I'm glad that weed is that sort of, uh, you know, everybody's into it. But there definitely was a time where there was an atypical weed head, you know. And so I don't know how I, maybe, uh, I don't know how I feel about it exactly. It's kind of the way, same way I feel about these long-haired, bearded people in sports. You know, that's like, you know, that. it's weird to me because those were fashion styles that were not the jocks. If you had long hair and a beard and you were at school, you were a fucking scumbag. You know, you hid under the bleachers and you smoked your weed. You know, you were, you know, one of the stoner kids or you were a rocker kid or you were outskirts. Uh, you weren't, you weren't status quo type person at school. And now the guy on the pitcher mound has fucking long hair and a beard and he's throwing fucking strikes 
You know, it's it's just weird to me. It's weird that those that I don't want to be mistaken for a baseball player. That's all I'm saying. If you got long hair and a beard, and you play football. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. You play hockey, sure. Those are physical sports. Long hair and beards are sometimes intimidating looking for some people. You want to look like a fucking scrapper. You want to look like somebody who don't take any shit. Baseball seems like a more refined sort of sport. So maybe fucking respect it a little bit. Cut your hair. Shave your beard. You're wearing little little uni- little uniforms. Cute, you know? It's all snug and, and, and fits you just right. And, you know, you got your little cap. You know? It takes, you know, it, they say one of the hardest things to do in sports is to hit a baseball with a bat, right? If something's difficult like that and it's high level of skill, maybe cut your hair so you can fucking see the thing, huh? I don't know. Anyway, uh, totally went off on a tangent there a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, bunch of squeaky clean, not very stonery type looking folks inside the dispensary. Uh, but a cool show. Um, but nobody was really getting the big laughs. There was some good, uh, Shannon Murphy was on the show. She's a monster and, uh, had a sort of half limp set, you know, the biggest laugh came from, uh, the guy that was headliner and I totally blanked on his name. Um, but he kind of was doing some crowd work and was talking to a guy and, um, asked the guy his name and the guy answered, (laughs) which if you know anything about stoners is the quintessential stoner laugh. (laughs) Did And, um, this guy had that, although he looked like a fucking nerd. Um, and dude says, oh, my God, dude, you got that laugh, you fucking stoner. You know, that was like the biggest sort of laugh of the evening. <coughs> kind of strange. Anyway, that was um, that was Thursday night. Friday night, I went to a show. I was kind of looking forward to the show for a while because I hadn't seen uh, my friend's band play in a while. Uh, they've played a handful of times. Um They've played a couple of times, not necessarily in the pandemic, but as we were coming out of the pandemic. And I think they even played a couple of times before the pandemic and I hadn't seen them just, you know, just missing, not being able to come to see my buddies in Kowloon, Walled City, uh, literally my favorite local band. Um, And uh, it was good to see them, but they were playing with this band called Metz, M-E-T-Z, who I hadn't heard of before. Uh, but apparently these guys are a big deal and they're fucking rad. So Kowloon Walled City is, you know, pretty low and slow, um, sort of a minimalist sort of ideal happening. Lots of weird augmented and diminished chords. Um, guitar player, John, I watch, I'll watch that guy play guitar and I'm like, how, like he, 
he frets the most arthritic looking chords like his hand is just mangled the way it's on the fretboard holding holding strings down and just coming up with these really cool sounding chords and um and then just just opposed to uh the other guitar player Scott Evans and then you know just making these really cool cool sounds and um you know like i said their songs are really slow and just sort of plotting uh they were celebrating the 10th anniversary of the release of their album Container Ship uh Container Ships um uh, the way the band sounds and the fact that that album is called Container Ships I've never heard of a more accurately named uh, album for a band that sounds the way this band sounds. Like, that's kind of how they sound. If you can imagine a giant freighter just sort of just, just cruising through the ocean and just what that sounds like, that's what Kowloon Walled City sounds like. It's just, it's very, uh, just a big, giant sounding, steady paced, moving sort of slow, but so big and so heavy that nothing really gets in its way. You know, it's just going to kind of plow through no matter what. And then delivering goods. No, um, <laughs> but I love Kowloon Walled City, but I was super blown away by Mets. What a great band. Sort of um very post punk. Um sort of uh a hint bratty, not so totally bratty, but a hint bratty um just style. I don't know. It's kind of almost hard for me to describe. Uh mostly up tempo stuff, which was great because it, you know, the first band was more like Mets you know, sort of uh, up-tempo, mid-tempo, um, angular, <coughs> um, noisy, sort of um, post-punk. I was a little upset the way the drums were mixed. Drums were hard to be heard. Uh, this was at the New Parish in Oakland, which is, you know, I had never been there, but I've heard it's always a good-sounding spot. Uh, but just the sound, I don't know, they just didn't sound like the snare drum was coming through the house. Uh, the guitars and bass were really, really loud, uh, as well as the vocals, but the drums were actually getting buried. And maybe I'm uh, a little biased on that, be it, the, be it that I played the drums and all, but just didn't seem uh, like a good mix. Uh, Kowloon, same thing with Kowloon. The drums were a little quiet, although Dan, um, my man Dan hits hits fairly hard um there's a weird sort of restraint with Kowloon Walled City too like you're always like coming up waiting for it to really explode and um and sometimes it doesn't but when it does you're like oh my god you know um and they didn't play anything off of their first two uh first two the 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 first EP and their first full length. They didn't play anything off of those records. So it was a bunch of songs off of Container Ships. And the two releases since. Um, they had two releases since? Yes. Uh, but anyway. Great, great show. Mets, like I said. was I was totally blown away by these guys. Uh, do yourself a favor. Check those guys out. 
I was really, really into it. Uh, they were celebrating uh, their 10th anniversary as a band. So they played a bunch of, they, I, they've recently re-released their first record. And uh, so they played a bunch of songs off of that. It's a fucking phenomenal record. Just, just really, really cool shit. Um, in fact, you know, Hazards could play with this band. Like it wouldn't be a far, far stretch. They're not as angry sounding as we are. Um, but if we were on the same show, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy. In fact, Kowloon was kind of odd that they were on the show because that, but when I thought about it, I mean, they're kind of the same in the, um, in the ethos for sure. They're the same. Uh, I know Kowloon is like noise rock runoff and there's definitely a lot of noise rock in Mets. Just Kowloon decides to do noise rock at a snail's fucking pace. That's the difference, you know. Um, A lot of noise rock is more up-tempo, you know, maybe mid-tempo, but it's usually more pushing into the, you know, into punk tempos. But Kowloon keeps it slow, slow and low. They're tuned to fucking, like, A-sharp or some shit like that. They're tuned way down. Anyway. Great fucking show. They, uh, Matt's had this really cool light thing happening too. Super simple, like just the like the work lights, you know. Just anytime a band is lit from underneath, it fucking looks cool every fucking time. No matter how many times I see a band get lit from the from the floor up, it just looks cool. It's it doesn't it never gets old. It always looks fucking cool. And uh, and they had their own little setup. They had their own little lights. Uh, super simple. The two of these work lights in the front facing towards facing you know back towards the band, but they were about mid uh mid stage, not all the way to the front, but about mid. And oftentimes the bass and guitar would be standing in front of those lights, so it would just create a fucking silhouette of them. And then the drummer had two lights, uh one on each side of him, sort of facing um in a crisscross in front of him, you know, so he was Sort of shadowed, but pretty well lit. But he had the lights on a switch, on a foot switch. And they were on 85% of the show. Maybe even more. But once in a while, he'd click them off. You know, like in between songs. Not all the songs, but in between some of the songs, he'd be clicking off. And then like certain parts of the song, say like the guitar went all by itself for a section. He'd click it off and it would be left to the lights that were at the New Parish. And they were kind of just... Not really doing much, but, you know, kind of doing a little something. But a stark contrast from those bright-ass work lights. They were LED, so they were super bright white lights. Anyway, just fucking cool. Really cool show. It was nice to get out of the house to see a show and not be on one. And then, uh, and then, that was Friday night. The next night, Hazards played The Caravan. That was great. Uh, We played with War Tongue. In um oh fuck, am I forgetting who the hell opened up? Sort of a death metal death metal kind of band. Um Ah fuck, who the hell were they were called? I feel their bass player didn't show up or couldn't show up, so they just went with the two guitars, drums and, and vocals. Uh it was cool. Just your very typical death metal 
Um, dude's voice is pretty dynamic. He could do the low cookie monster growls and then he can do the sort of mid rangey, um, more thrashy style vocal. And then the more wispy, almost black metal, you know, creepy, creepy, whatever's. <coughs> and then our boys in Wartong just fucking ripped. Um, my man, Keith, the bass player for Wartong, who's a dear, dear friend. He was uh, the bass player in that last um, last sort of incarnation of insolence that we were doing when we were going to go as um, the artist formerly known as Insolence. <laughs> we were, we were, you know, when we were having to change the name and we were trying to get some shit together. Of And we there's a recording. There's still a three-song recording that has never seen the light of day uh, from, uh, from that last Insolence lineup. Um, but Keith was playing bass on that. And he's the, I've said it before, I think on here, but he's the best, best, best bass player I've ever played with. The guy is just, everything he plays, no matter what style of music it is, he plays it as if that's the style of music he plays. Like, you hear me play, you can tell I'm a fucking rock drummer or a metal, Not I wouldn't even say I'm that much of a metal drummer, I'm a rock drummer. I'm a fucking rocker. You know, I play heavier music, sure. Have I played hip-hop? Yes. Do I love all that stuff? Yes. But I would say, moreover, my style of playing, you can hear a rock drummer doing these other types of musics. That motherfucker, no matter what he plays... It sounds like that's what he plays. If he's doing metal, it sounds like he's a fucking metal bassist. He doesn't use a pick either, but he plays with his fingers. If he's playing fucking reggae, god damn it, he sounds like he's from fucking Kingston. You know what I mean? Like, if he's... And then then, then Wartong is, you know, a lot of post-hardcore, you know, and it just sounds like he's a fucking 90s post-hardcore kid from fucking, the, you know, from from New England or something, you know what I mean? He just plays just he's just fucking cool, man. He's the best. Uh and they just ripped. And uh, my thoughts are with Keith this week. He's going in for surgery on his hip. Uh he's getting a whole new fucking hip. I think they're like pulling everything out and giving him a whole new fucking I don't think it's the I don't think it's just the one hip. I think he's getting hips. But uh my thoughts are with him. I know he's a little, uh, he's a wee bit freaked out, I think. I know it's uh, weighing heavy on his but you know, he's been in a lot of pain for a long time, so uh, I'm glad he's finally getting that shit taken care of. Uh, but then, you know, and then we did our thing. Um, the only thing, there was a couple of shenanigans at this show, um, mainly after, uh, as soon as we got done playing, uh, I had some friends show up, um, which was rad. I mean, you know, friends often show up, but I haven't had any of my comedy friends see me play drums. Um, you know, I've been doing comedy, you know, six years, and I've been doing music the whole time. <coughs> but uh, Mean Dave is the only one that has come to see me play, but he's a big fan of music, and he likes, you know, especially heavier music. Uh, he came to see Hellbeard. He did not like Hellbeard, which I thought was odd. I thought that would be the one band of mine that he would really like. 
Didn't really dig Hellbeard, so whatever, that's fine. Uh, he liked Zed. He thought Zed was cool. He likes their music. Um, he um, definitely wasn't going to... Well, I don't think I was doing Insolence when I met Dave. I think Insolence was already done, but he hates the fact that I did any sort of new metal whatever. He thinks I'm a poser, in fact, because I did that shit. Uh, but he was interested to check out Hazards, and uh, and he told me, he gave me a strange compliment. He said that uh, I enjoyed watching you play with Hazards most, uh, you know, better than any other band I've seen you play in, uh, mainly because of how hard it looks like you are struggling to play the music. Um, he liked the music, but he liked more the fact that I was hoofing it, that I'm, uh, you know, getting gassed because the shit's, you know, it's it's all fast stuff, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm just so glad we don't play longer than a half hour. <laughs> uh, and then he brought uh, our uh, his his best friend in comedy. Actually, it's his best friend. In 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 life, uh, uh, comedian Nina G, uh, which I was super surprised to see her there because I know she doesn't really like heavy music like that. Uh, and she gave me a great compliment, and she said that um, she said that oh wow his uh, she told Dave his drumming is way better than his comedy, and Dave couldn't wait to tell me that she said that. Um. And I told him, and then I found her later, and I told her, I said, hey, hey, I hope the fuck that my drumming is better than my comedy. I've been fucking playing drums for 40 years. I've been doing comedy for six. God damn it better be better. Because that would suck if my comedy was better than my drumming. And she laughed, and she said, fair enough, point taken. Um... So that was good. And then uh, Jeff Serve, who's another comedy friend of ours, uh, who had... So uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock were at the SAP Center, which is where the San Jose Sharks play. Uh, the same night Hazards was playing the Caravan, and the Caravan is only about five blocks away from uh, from uh, the SAP Center. So uh, he went to that, and then after, dropped into the Caravan, knowing that I was playing drums there. And he said... And I still don't understand how how to take this. He's all, dude, I get it now. Which, if you knew Jeff Serve, you would know uh, just how on brand that might be. Uh, (laughs) So that was cool that uh, some comedy friends of mine see me do uh, the other thing that I do actually see me do the main thing that I do. Um, there were, uh, it was also, uh, 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 some sort of Santa claw, uh, Santa crawl happening in San Jose. And, um, they made their way into the caravan while we were playing some, some of these Santa folks and they stayed. And, uh, I got done playing. We were the last band, so I didn't have to like hurry up and break down my kit. Um, I know they want the music to be done by like one, but we were only playing a half hour and we were going on like at midnight. So by 1230, we were done. 
So uh, I got up off my kit. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, Kimmy, had showed up with her friend. They had went to Chappelle uh, to go see Chappelle and Chris Rock as well. So, uh, and they came just in time to see us play. I was super stoked to see my friend Kimmy. And um, as I was talking to Kimmy and her friend, a group of these Santa folks decided they wanted to take pictures sitting behind my drum kit. And I was about to go, because it was happening like literally right in front of me. And I was like, I started to say something, and then Kimmy grabbed me, and she says, just let it happen. I said, what do you mean just let it happen? Oh, they break my shit. I'm going to be fucking, I'm going to fuck somebody up. And she's like, look, look who it is. And I look, and, you know, it's, like I said, the Santa crawl. As everybody's wearing their little Santa outfits. And these were females, I think. But I think they were in drag. I think they were, I think we were, I think these were drag folks that were dressed in little Santa dresses and uh and then they were and they were they were foreigners as well i think so it might have been more trouble than it would have been worth to flash on them until you know just it was and just one of them went behind the kit and held up a couple of drumsticks and they took a picture and they put the drumsticks down and they crawled out from behind the drum kit. But it's just, you just don't do that, man. You just don't do that. You know, you should never feel so entitled that you get up behind and get on some equipment that's not yours and take a picture. It's like when people pose against another person's car and it's not their car. Or a, a motorcycle or whatever. Just fucking don't do that shit, man. It's not yours. How dare you? It's fuckery is what it is. It's fuckery. Um, and then the other thing that happened that was a little kind of like slightly agitated, agitating. Uh, the main dude at the caravan, our dude Armando, who's a fucking gem. Uh, I guess he left early, and so it was left to one of the other guys, a guy that I don't know that works the caravan, which I don't know that I don't know anybody that works in the caravan. Uh, but this guy's like, "Hey, uh, you gonna you gonna pack the stuff up? You guys got to get out of here." I was like, oh, "Oh, okay." So I start putting stuff away, and then my man Joey's standing there, and he's talking with me as I'm putting stuff away, and he tells the guy, he, the guy comes over to Joey, he's like, "Are you gonna help him?" And he's like, what? He's all, you guys got to get out of here, dude. You start getting the stuff out. He's all, first of all, it's raining outside right now. I'm not going to take the equipment outside in the rain and let it sit there until he gets done to open up the van to put it in there. He's all, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. We'll get out of here. He's all, well, you're just standing there. I figured you'd do something. And I said, yo, dude, what time is it right now? He said, it's one o'clock. I go, yeah, it's one o'clock. We would have been done right now if we played a full set. And you know this. Okay? We would have been done right now. We would just now be getting the stuff out. We got done early. So I stopped and and talked to my friends and had a had some water. We're getting out now. Relax. 
And he shut the fuck up because he knew I was right. Anyway, that was my Saturday night. So late night, got you know, got the van packed up, dropped uh, Willis off at his house. Oh no, we go go back to the studio, unload all the equipment, drop Willis off at his house. I go home, uh, get home at fucking late two thirty. So uh, a long night, but I haven't been working because of the rain. I finally went back to work on Monday. Um, uh, so that was yeah, that was Saturday and Sunday. Sunday I got booked. I had a little show up in um, in Vallejo. Mean Dave was on the show, so I hooked up with him and drove him up there. And um, hard to do a show in this place. Uh, it's a Italian Italian spot called uh, Bambinos in Vallejo. The food was fucking amazing. I got a calzone. It was fucking the best calzone I've ever had. <coughs> but they have a little uh, little area with a stage. Sort of cool. Sort of, you know, it had a little little half a bar sort of separating it. But then the the actual bar is in this area as well. And, you know... It's a free show, but you could be part of the show and be in the area and watch the, the show. Or you could be in the front of the restaurant and sort of be separated. But it seemed as if uh, wait staff could give a fuck about the show because uh, this loud talking behind the bar... Uh, even like non-work talk, like just talking amongst themselves, it's like, and then so-and-so said, 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 like just carrying on. And then the fucking blender. Making blended drink, blender drinks. Squat! Like loud fucking blender bullshit happening in the middle of the comedy show. It's bananas. On top of all of that, it needed to be a clean show. No swearing, no advertly sexual material. So that was kind of annoying as well. I did my act just kind of like the way the act goes. I just didn't swear. So I might have stepped over a line or two because I don't think I have overtly sexual material. But, you know, talking about my balls and my butthole. (coughs) (laughs) but uh i had a good set and i think i had a good set because i actually if it wasn't for me there would have been two people at this fucking show let me explain um my dear friend one of my best friends on the planet monica her and her dude came uh she lives in sassoon city so it was an easy drive to vallejo to see uh see this show she was there. Um, my aunt, my 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 father's sister, my aunt Rhonda, and her daughter, my cousin Rachel, and her son, and two of her friends came. They had a big old table and they're having food and hanging out. And then uh, a dude that I know that uh, moved to San Pablo a while ago, uh, old school dude from Hayward, this dude BJ, he was there with his chick. And a couple of his friends. 
and then there was uh, another uh, pair of folks who I didn't know. So essentially, there would have been two people at this show if I wasn't on the bill. And I demanded it to be paid accordingly. No, I did not. I did not do that. Um, but I had the better set, I think. Dave had a decent set. Um, but Dave had to do a half hour. And that's the other thing, too. Um, we had to do, like, I mean, there was fucking six people on the set, and everybody did 15 minutes. And it was a little crazy to have that long of a fucking, do that long of sets. Uh, and, did, and Dave did a fucking half hour. Um, was there six or five? Let's see, he did 10, she did 15, he did 15, that guy did only 8, and I did 15, and then they, so they wanted a two-hour show, they wanted it to go from 7 to 9, and uh, two hours of a comedy show is a little much, man, that is a little much, you don't want to go, if, if you go two hours and you've laughed, if it's a if everybody just slays and just murders and makes everybody laugh hard for two hours, you're fucking spent. At ninety minutes, you're spent. And if it's a shit show and nobody's doing nothing, it's the longest ninety minutes of your life. So for it to go two hours and have it be not that great. So, um, but shout out to. Um, Jordan Kirshner for uh, doing a show in Vallejo. Uh, he's not sure whether he's going to do a show there again. He's been doing a few, and they've kind of all been trying. Um, But he's doing it like every week or some shit like that. So pick a day of the month. Do it once a month. Do a, you know, if you're going to do a free show, make sure that it is, you know, a show which, you know, you can really separate from the rest of the restaurant and uh, tell him to put the fucking blender in the back because that shit, that was the most annoying thing for me was the goddamn blender. Especially be it that I sat at the bar and the blender was like right in front of me. <laughs> little wild, man. little wild. Um, so yeah, man, it was a cool, uh, oh shit, and then last night, Oh, last night was the last of these shows that I got booked on last minute. Uh, my man Jason Cole uh, booked me at the Fireside Lounge in Alameda uh, as part of the new faces of comedy for the Alameda Comedy Club. Um, I made a joke that uh, there is no way in hell this is a new face. My face is not new. Uh, had a terrible set, um, but, um, whatever, you know, shit happens. I, I wouldn't say terrible. There's wasn't a, wasn't a lot of people there. So, you know, like I've said before, when it's a super small crowd, hard to get a super small crowd, um, to, uh, really yuck it up. Um, but later, a little bit later on, some more people showed up and they were a little bit more, uh, uh, fruitful with the laughter, so uh, my fellow comics got some better laughs. I went up second, so um, yeah, I didn't have the best set, but whatever, that's fine. It is what it is. Uh, so yeah, man, a fucking bunch of shows, bang, 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 a lot of shows. I'm sorry, 
I got long-winded in recapping them. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? you going to come at me? Huh? you going to come at me? Don't come at me. Uh, let me, let's see what kind of time we got. One more thing before we get out of here. Um, when I'm like going through reels or TikToks or whatever, not, not, you know, cause they show TikToks on like Facebook or I don't know how they're all, you know, I don't know how it all works, but you'll see these little short videos right on the social medias. And maybe because of, you know, the algorithm as it is, I will see a lot of construction uh, or or maybe because I've liked a few of these videos. That's why they pop up uh, construction or or uh, uh, mud, mud work, mud and taping or painting like all these like, you know, sort of how to's, you know, oh, uh, quick hack. If you're going to do one of these, do it like this. Um, 97% of these videos fucking suck. And I can sit there and go, you don't do it that way because, uh, I don't know how many videos I've seen of these guys cutting in and they're cutting in, um, around switch plates, you know, so the, the plates that go on your fucking outlets, the electrical outlets or the plates around, you know, the on and off switches for the lights, you know. The utility plates, receptacle plates, whatever you want to call them. I'll see these guys cutting in around them. Like, you don't fucking cut around those. You don't cut in around those. You take them off. And then you paint around it and then you put it back on after it dries. You don't leave the plates on and paint. You just don't. A lot of these cut-in videos that show this guy cutting in and he's just doing a super long straight line for hella long. You know, this is what you got to do. You got to put it in the bro. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's legit. You know, and this is how you can do it in one in one uh, in uh, with one coat. And I'm like, no, just it looks like it's one coat on this fucking on the video. I guarantee live eyes on it. It's not fucking solid with one coat. This it's just not. It's just not. They show these guys with these. Uh, they sell these big 18-inch rollers, and they're showing these guys paint these walls, you know, like like the wall of a bedroom, just an average size wall, and getting like, and they're getting it done, painting the whole wall in like 15 seconds, 20 seconds, or whatever, right? <coughs> yeah, which can be done with these big giant rollers. You can fucking mop across the thing pretty quick. But what they're not showing you is that it's not fucking done and it needs another coat. It looks like it's solid from the video, but it needs another coat. There's no way. You you just painted fucking a dark blue over a white wall. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit how good of a painter you are. I don't care what roller you're using. I don't care what fucking paint you're using. You're going to need a second coat. It's not going to be solid. And as fast as you did it, I'm not. I don't give a shit. You're gonna have to do it again. But that's how you get it done. It's like oh, that's great for the first coat. It's just. It's just. It's. <laughs> it's. It's almost like they're, they're uh, um, taking advantage of the idea that you're not really there looking at it with your eyes. Taking advantage of the fact that. Uh, 
you know, they're using a phone to film it or or whatever they're doing. And it's just and even some of these guys that do, like I see these guys doing mud work and I see guys doing tile, the tile stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. You know, you know, it's, it, it's just some of this, like I said, some of this stuff's really cool. But any of the painters, any of the painter shit that I've seen, any of the painter shit I've seen, that sounded weird the way I said it. Um, the painter stuff, it, it I I'm able to poke holes in it. Just you know, I'm like nah. Like I see they were spraying. He put down plastic. He taped plastic uh, right underneath the baseboard, and then he came in with the sprayer and he sprayed. You don't fucking put plastic down on the floor. Because the paint doesn't dry on the plastic right away. And then you're going to walk around and then you're going to step into that wet paint from the spraying. And then you got wet paint on your shoe and you're tracking that all over the fucking house. You know, it's, you know, shit like that, you know. Oh, this is a quick way to mask it up. The plastic's, you know, got the tape on it already. Yeah, sure it does. But you don't use that as your fucking drop cloths, dude. You use fucking paper or 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 tarps to the fucking drop cloths. The paint soaks into that a little bit, and it doesn't fucking sit there on the plastic wet for fucking half the day. Oh, these fucking guys. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's be done. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for sitting through another babble fest of the Sean Boyles podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, help me out, get me into the grand scheme of things. Um, Go to anchor.fm if you want to donate to me and the podcast. That would be great. Uh, Be fucking great. Uh, This week's Earworm of the Week comes via a fucking cover band. Believe it or not, I um, Hazards had rehearsal on uh, last Monday, and uh, when we were getting done, um, somebody had rented out the live room at uh, Music Inc. Studios in San Jose, California, and uh, I could hear the band playing a song, and I was fucking immediately taken aback uh, by how well they were playing this song and the song itself. Um, not a go-to song, uh, especially for a cover band. Um, yeah, I don't know where this cover band plays or where, uh, where what kind of gigs they do, but this is a... Um, I don't I don't want to say it's a deep cut because it was sort of popular in the mid 80s but it's not a go to for even this band um uh when you think of the songs the hits of this band this is not one of the ones that comes to mind first or second or third uh cuz it was a later hit after the band had been broken up for a while and the band had got back together and um and gotten a, uh gotten back together with this uh what they call the the classic lineup or the uh they call it the Mark II lineup of this band 
At least that's what Wikipedia called them. Um, I'm talking, I'm talking Deep Purple. Now, Deep Purple, you know, of course, banned from the, you know, 70s. Started in the late 60s. Um, sort of a band that gets a slight nod towards the uh, invention of metal. Um, of course, Sabbath gets the gets the the blue ribbon, right? Uh, and Zeppelin gets a, a nice pat on the back, and I think Deep Purple gets a uh, gets a nice solid handshake. <coughs> uh, but uh, <clears throat> but if you ask people from Europe, I think Deep Purple gets a lot more cred than I think we give them in the states as far as their uh, importance in the creation of what would be heavy metal music. Uh, nonetheless, um, they got great songs and classic songs, uh, but they were broken up for a while in the late 70s into the 80s and then um, came back with uh, this record and the title track of this record and I believe, 84. What impressed me about the cover band doing this song was the vocals pulling off Ian Gillen. Um, Ian Gillen's vocals are, you know, more the higher register, although this song not necessarily. But still, he's got a very distinct voice, and this fucking dude was killing it, was just fucking nailing Ian Gillen. Like, I was like, is fucking Ian Gillen in there? Like, it's he's fucking, he sounded a lot. It didn't sound exactly, but he sounded a lot like him. And it just made it even better for them pulling off this song. Um, which is, you know, fucking Deep Purple's got some, you know, that's not the easiest shit to pull off. And uh, I was stoked, uh, these guys pulling off this song. So uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to get in some Deep Purple for the Earworm of the Week. A song called... Uh, oh shit! What the? Oh, I'm not ready to even pull it up. God damn it! Let's get out of there. I didn't have. <coughs> I didn't have the music pulled up like a dummy. <coughs> now I'm gonna cough for a half hour. It's the title track off the Perfect Strangers record. The song is called Perfect Strangers. Be good, keep it dirty, and I'll see you, Dick Knuckles, next week.
Yeah, well, just fuck Stanton Avenue then. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.